Welcome to a week five edition of Between the Horns, presented by your Southern California Toyota dealers. My name is JB Long. The Rams are home this month. Three home games and a bye to round out the month of October at SoFi Stadium. Uh, Stu Jackson is with us this morning. DeMarco Farr and Ricky Hollywood all here. Uh, D. Farr, let me start with you. Short week, tough week. How you doing? Uh, I'm okay. You know, um, no smiles right now. Um, I think a short week is good. Uh, considering what happened on Monday night, uh, you know, you know what I'm saying. I mean, you want to get back to the field as fast as possible to try to correct that or erase that wrong. But yeah, I, it's tough prep wise. But for a football player, you want to get back out there as soon as possible after a butt kicking like that. No smiles from D. Far. We had a false start uh, as we started this episode of Between the Horns. Ricky Hollywood logging in on like a freeze frame, and it was a very intense, serious, glaring. It's like, oh, yeah. she's. She's upset about Monday Night Football, but there's a smile. She can get us our first of week. No, I I meant business this morning for sure. (laughs) Yeah, no, a short week, like DeMarco said. um, There's a lot to improve, and I think Cooper Cup said it best after the game that you almost feel better watching the tape because it's all stuff that I think this team can correct. So hopefully they get get on the field, and and Cowboys is a get-right game. Interesting. Even though it was minus eight, it was a one-possession game deep into that contest before the pick six. Iced it. All right, Stu Jackson, we need you to do some accounting uh, because it is a short week. It's not a week where the Rams can really look externally for much help. They're going to have to find solutions within. Uh, that includes replacing Coleman Shelton, who we understand is going to be gone a month or more. So let's start on the offensive line. What might it look like against the Cowboys? Yeah, well, Matthew Stafford had a lot of confidence in Jeremiah Colone, even though they had never repped together in a team period in a practice before. Colone stepped in really seamlessly, and, and Stafford said he was constantly in his ear to make sure he could just go play, and Stafford would take care of the rest. So there's a chance we see him at center. Uh, I would I would guess that's probably the strongest chance. Uh, McVeigh also mentioned there's a possibility that they elevate Matt Scrow from the practice squad. He's a veteran on there, uh, someone who most people are familiar with his time starting at center for the Ravens, but he's also got experience starting at guard. So that's kind of an interesting there uh, if he does end up getting activated off the practice squad uh, you could see Bobby Evans at left guard again and then of course you know you'll still have Joe Nopum at left tackle Larrick Jackson I'm sure will remain at right guard and of course you'll have Rob Havenstein at right tackle uh, the other thing is too is they're uh, you know keeping their options open with Brian Allen so uh, you know while there's confidence in Colone and you could potentially have I guess screw as an option if you want to go that route uh, you know, they're they're leaving it open for Allen to potentially return this week or or even next week, just kind of taking it day by day. And of course, they're just waiting to see what happens with uh, David Edwards as well. Uh, you know, if for any reason, um, you know, they're hopeful that he'll be back this week. But as McVay has mentioned before, when talking about concussion protocol, you can never be too careful or cautious with that. So a lot of moving parts for that offensive line on a short week, but will be fascinating to see how that all comes together heading into Sunday. All right, DFAR, uh, they may have optimism and confidence in what they ran out there at the end of the San Francisco 49ers loss. Having watched the All-22, uh, how bad was it? Is the offensive line really the crux of the matter, both in terms of run and pass pro? Yeah, I would say so. And uh, to Stu's point, more moving parts than a space shuttle, no doubt. But, yeah, absolutely. We we talked about this. How much time did we spend on, on Nick Bosa uh, leading up to the game? And sure enough, there he is. He showed up almost every single drop back. So, uh, that's not going to change versus Dallas. And I think it actually gets worse, or the threat is even 
more dangerous because of Micah Parsons, because they have Demarcus Lawrence and they have uh, Fowler off the edge, who's basically shrapnel. So, yeah, they're going to look Dallas's at what San Francisco did, and they're going to try to copy it and single guys up, try to force those one on ones or bring those stunts that keep getting home. So. Uh, if you're Matthew Stafford, the right thing is to have confidence in who's in front of you. But those guys in front are going to have to make a, a quantum leap in performance to keep Dallas off of Matthew Stafford this week. I mean, they are a nightmare for opposing quarterbacks, are the Cowboys. First in QB hits, second in sacks, third in opponent passer rating. They seldom blitz. They've got their full complement of three safeties healthy and available for this week five game at SoFi. All right, Ricky Hollywood, I need reason for optimism. Help me spin this forward. Help me get my eyes on Sunday here against the star. Well, we know Coach McVay. I know you guys didn't get to sit down with him this week, but I loved listening to General Manager Les Snead on on the Coach McVay show with you guys this week. And, and I think that this, this turn-the-page mentality for this team is is very prevalent and strong. And so we know McVeigh. He is, he probably didn't sleep Monday night at all, drawing on whiteboards, already planning for the Cowboys. Matthew Stafford during his press conference um, a couple days ago was like, I don't even want to talk about the Monday night game because I have a short week to get ready for the Cowboys. That's what we're working on. I think that this team coming out, you have Cup targeted 19 times, which is just unheard of insane so all we have to do is spread the ball around a little bit more get the ball out faster with it with a defense and a front coming at from the Cowboys side of things but like you said earlier JB it was a one possession game until the very end essentially so this team has a lot of little minor things that they can tweak to get better get Allen Robinson involved more you know there's a lot of things if this O-line can hold for just a tiny bit longer I I think that there's optimism Yes, do I feel this tension between allowing the players who are available right now to try and make incremental improvements and handle their assignments, their execution better versus making, I don't want to say wholesale changes because you just don't have that option uh, in the National Football League with a 53-man roster plus practice squad. But there are other levers they can pull, whether it's Lance McCutcheon or Tutu Atwell. I mean, there are other directions they can go with no promises that they're going to yield better results. Uh, How do you see that playing out again with uh, limited practice time before the Dallas Cowboys arrive? Yeah, I I think that they'll sort it out in, uh, you know, the best way possible. Just, you know, maybe getting, uh, you know, Tutu involved again. I mean, I know he was inactive against the 49ers, but uh, McVay indicated in his press conference this week, um, both or at least on Tuesday, that this was something that was, you know, not that was just exclusive to last week. And it doesn't necessarily mean or it isn't necessarily indicative of his status, um, you know, or his involvement for this week. So, um, you know, whether it's Tutu, whether it, whether it's Lance, whether it's Ben Skoranek, uh, there, there are certainly, you know, many ways or even Alan Robinson. Of course, there are many ways that, um, you know, you can get guys involved in. Um, you know, as as uh, as Erica mentioned earlier, I have no doubt that uh, McVeigh is working tirelessly to figure out what the best option and best approach is there. If you can coach your way out of this, boy. <laughs> the, well, Seriously. Mark, I mean, I'm literally looking at the available roster and trying to figure out what other directions they might go. You want to play more tight ends, try and extend your blocking surface. Doesn't help you, you have, in the interior. You'll, and you only have two of them anyway. Right. I know. That's what I mean. You're going to have to come up with something uh, imaginative, um, not just X's and O's to get the ball to Cooper Cup or to get it to uh, Tutu Atwell. You're going to have to find some creative ways to keep that pass rush off your quarterback. So maybe some stuff you haven't done before. So personnel-wise, 
like you said, the, the Calvary isn't coming. But X's and O's, I cannot wait to see what McVay does to cover up that weakness. Stu, what about on defense in terms of the uh, the health and availability, especially in the secondary? What do we know about Week Five? Yeah, well, unfortunately, as has been a uh, prevailing storyline throughout this season, uh, the injury bug bites the secondary again. And Jordan Fuller, unfortunately, strained his hamstring against the 49ers. And so that's going to sideline him for two to four weeks. And so uh, that's obviously uh, going to uh, impact, um, you know, how they do things at safety and in the secondary overall. Um, Taylor Rapp is also dealing with a rib injury that caused him to uh, leave the 49ers game early. But McVay said that's not expected to impact his status. So you'll at least have, or you should have, obviously a healthy Nick Scott, and you should have Taylor Rapp available as well. Now, what does that mean? Do you have Terrell Burgess more involved? Does he see an increased role? Or, uh, you know, do you do things differently there? Uh, We'll see. But um, yeah, again, unfortunately, uh, you know, Jordan Fuller dealing with that hamstring injury is a, a really tough blow for that secondary. Erica, do you think the defense played well enough to win at San Francisco too? Big bust that led to touchdowns, of course. But on most nights, they allowed few enough points for their offense to clear that bar and come away with a victory. Yeah, I mean, it, there was no um, offensive touchdown. So I, I think on the defense side, besides those two busts, I mean, um, Bobby Wagner had a great goal line stop and tackle that I think is great. And yes, those two big plays were were definitely um, a punch to the gut when they when they happened. But otherwise, yeah, Jalen Ramsey got that that five on it, and he slapped the ball out of the way. Which was great, and, and I think that the team the team played pretty well. Besides those two glaring, you know, issues that happened. I don't like you right now. You made me smile, Ricky. That's not. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to smile. But come on, man. I mean, Garoppolo was on fire. He wasn't touched. He wasn't sacked. How do you touch him when he doesn't hold the football for two seconds? You got to get, so you gotta get pressure. You got to get pressure. You got to cinch up. There's. I mean, got they left. They left Aaron unblocked on a rep, and he still couldn't get there. I know you got to have more than just Aaron. That that's another issue. I mean, outside of Aaron Donald, who's your best pass rusher? Bobby Wagner? Well, he's an inside linebacker. Somebody else, Greg Gaines, Ashawn Robinson, Leonard Floyd, somebody else has got to pick up I guess the the scraps that Aaron Donald leaves behind. You've got to get more pressure on the quarterback from other from other areas. Looking at the Cowboys, it's uh, Cooper against Cooper. Who's Cooper can be best on uh, Sunday at SoFi Stadium in Week 5? This uh, Cooper Rush story remind you of anything in your past, DeMarco, I wonder? A little bit, a little bit. Uh, somebody, I think they made a movie about it, you know, called The Underdog Story, Kurt Warner, because I did. I went back and I watched, like, almost every rep that he took, and it looks like he's been the starter since August. Like, it looks like he's born to do it. Like, this has been Dallas from July on. So, yeah, it's not too big for him. He's seizing the opportunity, and he's got some really good weapons out and around him. And, oh, by the way, Dan Quinn on the other side, his defense is playing like gangbusters. So if they can keep this up, by the time Dak is healthy, there's going to be a controversy in Dallas. Hopefully the Rams will get by them on Sunday, but there is a chance that Dallas could be undefeated when Dak Prescott comes back. Are you saying that Dak shouldn't play until they lose again? I'm just saying, look, don't mess with the win streak. Why would you? What's the reason to yank him? Because you want Dak back in there? What if you're winning? What if you won six in a row? Why pull him? And imagine if Dak goes out in his first start and loses. Wow. <laughs> uh, your point about Dan Quinn, at least that's a familiar look for the Rams offensively, right? They've seen them, seen him 
throughout their past, despite different personnel this time around for the Cowboys. No doubt. Uh, look, I, lo- I like Dan Quinn. He's a, he's an X's and O's guy. He's he's a fire breather. But what he does best at coordinator, if you ask me, is he gets out of the way of good players like Micah Parsons. Uh, he lets them do what they do best. Uh, he gets after the quarterback better than anyone. I think I called him a mobile DJ party. You can set <laughs> him up anywhere, right in, left in. You can even set him up over the center, and he goes out and wins. So when you have guys like that, the worst thing you can do is give them too much and get in their way. Interesting. I got. I was just scrolling through the NFL research notes to try to find this little stat that I saw this morning, which is just like blows my mind and sort of plays into the the QB controversy we were just saying. And then JB, we can totally move on. But it says now in his sixth NFL season, Rush's career earnings sit at four million. One tenth of Dak Prescott's forty million <laughs> annual salary, less than Russell Wilson's five million dollar roster bonus for the twenty twenty two season, and less than twenty seven QBs are set to earn in total cash this season, including Baker Mayfield and Mitchell Trubisky. I I just was just like, are you serious? The ca- Jerry Jones must be like licking his lips, being like, let's just let this kid play because this is awesome. <laughs> Yeah, but Ricky, no uh, state income tax in Texas, and he'll never have to True. pick up a check ever again in the Dallas Metroplex. So he, he's he's done his part. Uh, Michael Gallup returned to their lineup last week for the first time since uh, his season-ending knee injury last year. Uh, but C.D. Lamb, Stu, has been their Cooper Cup. You look at the target share that he holds. Um, like Cup is 40-plus percent of the Rams receiving category. C.D. Lamb's the only other NFL player with like 30% or more. Uh, so that should be a great matchup to watch, whether it's Ramsey or anyone else in the Rams secondary. Yeah, he's going to present a test for the the secondary, no doubt. They moved the t- Cowboys moved on from Amari Cooper this offseason, in part because they strongly believed that C.D. Lamb could and was going to be their wide receiver one. And he's really taken advantage of that, especially with Cooper Rush under center. I mean, separation, speed, agility, you name it. Uh, he's He's got it, and he's shown it at a high level this season. So... Um, you know, they line him up in multiple spots and he's someone that, uh, you know, has given opposing secondaries problems in previous weeks. So uh, he is definitely someone that uh, they will have to keep an eye on at all times. And like you mentioned, you know, I'm, I'm curious to see how that looks. I mean, do you shadow Jalen or do you just keep Jalen at star? Obviously, they don't keep him in one spot throughout the game, but um, that matchup in particular is one I'm really excited about on Sunday. DeMarco, remember late in the summer, uh, they were all worried. We were all worried about Tyron Smith, Pro Bowl left tackle, suffering that uh, significant injury. And what it would look like if Tyler Smith had to be pressed into duty as their full-time left tackle. So far, so good. He's been a newcomer of the year candidate. Yeah, he's he's not bad. He, he's a pretty good player. And I have to say this. We talked about Lamb. We talked about Cooper Rush. Don't sleep on Zeke Elliott. He's still the tip of the spear there. Uh, so if if just in case he's watching. So – they're going to pace the offense with a good dose of a run game to see if you can stop it. And when you look at what San Fran did, they popped the long run. So that's going to have them salivating. Maybe we can do the same thing. And they'll keep hitting you with it because, like I said, he's a high-paid guy on that football team. But uh, definitely, I think the offensive line was supposed to take a step back a little bit, especially at left tackle. Guy looks pretty good. Uh, so you would hope um, that some of that stuff we saw from the outside linebackers, from the Rams' outside linebackers, translate that to the game. Uh, you need to start winning. That was a backup left tackle in San Fran that you couldn't get around. So here's another one. Let's see if you can get around this guy and put pressure on the quarterback. Let's hope so. 
that Jeff Wilson touchdown run that you dropped there, that was legit. Schematic oh. execution. Like, I know you were looking at that film forward and backward trying to find a busted defensive assignment or something that someone could have done better to answer. You can't see my hand, can you? Because I'm, no. I'm giving Kyle Shanahan a symbol of what I feel <laughs> of that play. It was tremendous. I mean, wow. You have to rep that to stop it. That's what makes him so good. That's what makes McVay so good. Stuff he hits you with on game day, yeah. you haven't seen, and you have to talk about it then. It's crazy. Hmm. All right, one more trip around the room uh, as we turn our attention to week five of Almost Rams Day at SoFi Stadium. Hope you can join us in Inglewood, the Cowboys, and the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, I'll just kind of give you guys a, a second to think about your final thought. On my mind is uh, what the Cowboys have meant to the Rams' return to Los Angeles. Uh, there have been so many kind of critical junctures, including the first ever preseason game, uh, Sean McVay's first ever playoff game at the Coliseum, opening SoFi Stadium, albeit in front of no fans, uh, with a victory a couple of years ago. Uh, here's hoping that there's another inflection point in the Rams' 2022 campaign, in part because of the Dallas Cowboys. Who wants to go next? Who's got a closing thought for us on Rams-Cowboys? I better let Ricky go. She's going to make me smile. <laughs> let's, let's, I, we'll, let, we'll go with Ricky. I I don't my, I don't know now now the pressure's on to make you smile, Demarco. But that that's easy. We're all going to be together on Sunday. We're going to be in SoFi. It's going to feel awesome. We're back home. That's great. I just wanted to piggyback off of you're talking about Zeke Elliott too. Like, don't forget about Tony Pollard either. Mm. That one-two punch. He's he's been looking pretty explosive for the past two years, and there's been arguments saying that maybe Zeke didn't deserve that contract, and it should have been Tony Pollard. Any so when you've got that double punch coming at running back, that's definitely something that the Rams need to to be worried about. And Erica, if our fans are looking for more Rams content, Ram Jam this week with Jordan Rodriguez. Yes, out now. Amazing. Thank you very much. Uh, Stu, to you. I think the first thing for me is just it'll be nice to be back at home after back-to-back road games. I'm very excited for that. I think also, too, I'm, I'm, as I mentioned before, I'm, I'm really curious and interested to see uh, how this offensive line looks on Sunday, this Rams offensive line, I should specify. Um, you know, they're still working through that right now, obviously, given all the moving parts there, but um, I imagine that group, you know, given how last week went, is is probably going to have a, a very big chip on their shoulder to prove that, you know, that was just an aberration and that they can, you know, protect Stafford and that, you know, they can play to the level of standard or the high level of play and the standard of play that they know they're capable of. Hmm. Well, two things. Uh, one with with Jordan Fuller. I hate hamstrings. I saw Isaac Bruce go through this. They're so tricky. Uh, you feel great, and then all of a sudden you don't. And about Taylor Rapp and the rip, was that before or after Debo's touchdown? Because I think he was on the field, right? And we were shocked when he was on the sideline. I need to know this. Uh, but third of all, hey, look, we talked earlier. I think it was the first BTH. We're not going to say defending champion. We're going to say reigning champion, right? Well, this is the part where you're defending. You're defending what was and what you are. So uh, you took one on the chin versus San Francisco on Monday night. Big. Everyone saw it. Now you have a chance to get right versus Dallas, who is pretty much streaking. So everyone's counting you out. But I do remember a game last year in uh, versus Arizona when it looked dire. Remember that game? Yep. It looked dire, and then the Rams all of a sudden up-jumped and beat them and turned themselves. So that team is still alive. That emotion, that passion is still there. Hopefully we'll get to see it on Sunday and so far because you know what the environment's going to be. So uh, this is a get-right game. Uh, this is going to be a lot of fun, so let's hope Sean McVay and company can figure out the right X's and O's to call against the Cowboys. 
humility always a week away in the National Football League, but so is redemption, right, DeMarco? No doubt. Six days this week. That's right. <laughs> All right, for DeFar, for Stu Jackson and Ricky Hollywood, I'm JB Long. Thank you for joining us for this week five edition of Between the Horns, presented by your Southern California Toyota dealer. Hope to see you at SoFi.